Turn our Bibles tonight to the book of 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy uh, chapter number 4, 2 Timothy chapter number 4, and thank you ladies for the music. Did y'all know they're making a CD? They didn't know that until just then, so they're making a, they're making a CD, and so I enjoy all of our music groups and looking forward to getting more and more of our uh, groups recorded, uh, but also for our radio station, and so uh, that you pray for that, and that's one of the opportunities God has uh, given us, and uh, then uh, the staff men are going to be making a CD as well, and so uh, you can look forward to that, and uh, there'll be no staff men included in that, uh, but uh, uh, 2 Timothy chapter number 4, we have been in this chapter a time or two, haven't we? And uh, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, and tonight I'm going to revisit a thought that uh, I preached, I don't know how long ago I preached this, um, I'm not sure, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have it marked when, when, I, when I, I took the same thought, I don't do this often, but from time to time I want to revisit some things, um, because it's the basics uh, that we must build our life on, it's the basics that we need to be reminded of, uh, in sports we call them the fundamentals, uh, they need to be fundamentally sound, the same is true in this Christian life. Uh, there's fundamentals that we need to uh, always be reminded of. And uh, in, our, in our life in 2021 and, 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 the, and, the, and, the, and beyond, uh, it, our success or our failure is going to hinge on our personal relationship with God. Uh, in next week, what I'm going to put before us, it's going to challenge us. Uh, it's going to challenge us in reaching people. It's going to challenge us in serving. It's going to challenge us in making sacrifices. Uh, but yet that's what God's work is supposed to do. It's supposed to challenge us. Uh, we will not be able to accomplish as a, and I mentioned that for this, for this reason, we'll not be able to accomplish as a church. What we could accomplish as a church if we lose track of our personal relationship with our Heavenly Father. And that is the key. And this year, uh, we, we've been in transition for several years. And so this year, a lot of our emphasis is going to be back. Uh, our, our programs, our, our big days, our things of that nature, our, our, our friend days, and things, things, things that we've done in the past, uh, we're going to be doing those again. We are going to stretch ourselves to reach people with the gospel. Uh, I believe people are looking for truth and hope in this dark day. Uh, I, I believe, and, 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 and so I think we're going to have that opportunity, but it's going to hinge on your relationship with God and my relationship with God. Uh, and so I want us to, as I preached this morning, but also in our Sunday school lesson, uh, our series that we started today on being a good steward, on stewardship, uh, that is going to challenge us personally, on our personal relationship with God. Uh, I, I mentioned some, in passing this morning, some of the goals that I have, and I do have goals. I do want to grow as a, as a person. I want to grow as a Christian. I want to grow as a pastor. I hope you want to grow as well. Uh, but the number one goal at the top of everybody's list ought to be get closer to our God. And something just tells me with every spiritual goal that we have, if we keep that as the priority, all those others will fall into place. And so as we get busy and we get, uh, there's a lot going on in our world, let's not lose sight that we have a God who we have a relationship with, who wants to spend time with us, who will spend time with us. And so I want us to get thinking about our personal relationship with God. Tonight, I want to challenge us uh, in our life to make our life count uh, and be ready when it's time for us 
to when God calls us home. Uh, certainly, we are very aware that 2020 ended with the Lord taking some from among us home. And uh, I, what if that was you or I? Uh, I have preached several times in the last few months uh, on the end times. Now, things that are taking place are just getting us closer and closer to Christ's return. Christ could come back tonight. He could come back before this year is over. And if he does, if that trumpet sounds, are you ready? I have to ask myself that question. Am I ready? What is left undone that if I knew Christ was returning, I would want to get done? Well, the Bible tells us that we don't know when he's returning, so we should live every day as if he is returning. That's being ready. And so tonight I want to, I want to ask you this question, and I'll read the text in just a moment. Are you ready to be offered? We know the context of 2 Timothy 4 because we spent so many uh, weeks in it in, in different series. But let's begin reading with verse number 1, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap for themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. In our text verse, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, <clears throat> which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, <clears throat> and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. We, we've dissected this chapter uh, many times uh, in the past. And we've, we've even brought messages from our text verse, which I want to look at verse number six, for I am now ready to be offered. And that's the question I want to ask all of us. Uh, are you ready to be offered? I believe that one of the most helpful things for an individual, a Christian, is to, take, is to do what I, I call taking spiritual inventory. Where am I lacking? Now, it's, it's, it's being honest. It's, it's being willing to let the Spirit of God uh, show us uh, where we need improvement in our Christian life. Do you realize ignoring our weaknesses does us no good? Uh, no good. Uh, avoiding uh, the Holy Spirit conviction doesn't do us a, a thing spiritually. Uh, we should ask the Spirit of God for conviction. And when He gives it to us and He brings it upon our life, we ought to deal with those areas that He convicts us. My desire personally, but my desire as your pastor, is for every single one of us to be ready if that trumpet were to sound. It's for every one of us to be ready when the Lord calls us home. Those I alluded to, those that the Lord called home this year, I believe they were, I believe they were ready. They may have not known the hour, they may have known the day, but they certainly were faithful. What a goal for each and every one of us. That's my goal. I hope it's your goal. Tonight, I want to ask that question. I'm not going to be very bombastic. I don't even know if, if I'll raise my voice at all, but I want to ask several questions tonight that will hopefully not get us only ready for to meet, his, uh, uh, meet, meet our Savior, but get us ready for the new year. Get us ready for what God would have us to do. And we ought to live ready to meet God. That's why at the end of the service, if there's something 
The Holy Spirit convicts you about you ought to do business with it before you leave because we ought to be ready to meet God. So we're going to ask that, answer that question uh, tonight, that question, are you ready to be offered? Father, I pray that you would use these simple thoughts, these truths that we've looked at many times in the past. But Father, this is what you've impressed me with this evening. Uh, this is the direction that you've given. And Father, I pray that you would use the time we have. Uh, may we be willing to answer honestly uh, these questions that uh, we, we pose from Scripture. And Father, may we be willing to do business with you tonight. And uh, may we be ready and, and may we have our personal relationship with you as it should be so that we can do more for you in the future. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. What a sobering question. Are you ready to meet God? When you ask people that question, especially complete strangers, it takes them back. I know as a preacher, whenever you preach a message and you've got guests in your service, especially those that aren't used to being in church, and you ask them in front of everybody. They think it's just to them, but it's to everybody. Are you ready to meet God? What a heavy question. What a sobering question. But it's a question each and every one of us need to be able to answer tonight. First of all, are you ready? Are you saved? And if you are saved tonight, what a, what a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing to know that you're ready to meet God as far as your eternal soul is concerned. That your, your, your soul is, is secure. Your eternity is secure. You've, you've received forgiveness of your sins. What a, what a wonderful, uh, what wonderful knowledge to have that you've trusted Christ as your Savior. And if you're here tonight or you're listening tonight and you don't know that, I'll answer that question for you. You're not ready to meet God. While God is a God of love, God is a God of justice as well. He's a holy God. And His holiness dictates sin can never enter into his presence. And sin has to have a punishment. There has to be uh, consequences for sin. And if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, you're not ready to meet God. Uh, lost man doesn't like to be confronted with that. It's an uncomfortable feeling. It's, it's, it's uncomfortable for the Spirit of God to, to, to confirm uh, you're not ready. But I'm just going to assume tonight that everybody in the service has been saved. And if that's a false assumption, I pray that you'll get that settled before the end of the service. But I'm going to assume everybody here has a testimony of salvation, of trusting Christ as their Savior. The question still applies. It may not apply as far as your eternal soul is concerned. Because once you're saved, you're always saved. Once you're saved, you're secure. You're sealed by the Spirit of God. Uh, you're in the Father's hand. No man can pluck you out. As far as God is concerned, positionally, you're already in heaven. Uh, there's nothing that can change that. So as far as your eternity is concerned, uh, you, your soul, you've prepared yourself, you are ready to meet him. But there's more to it as a child of God. We've touched on it this morning as being a good steward and, and, and practicing good stewardship in this life that God has given me. Is there something in our life that is lacking that if we were to come face to face to God, we'd have to say, I'm not ready. This can apply in a lot of different ways. Is there something that you feel God would have you to do that's left undone? Is there somebody that you should forgive? Is there somebody you should seek forgiveness? 
Is there a vow that you made to God that is unfulfilled? I don't want to meet God. I don't want to face God with unfulfilled vows. I don't want to face God with commandments that have been made that have been left undone. These are sobering questions. Is there something that we've promised? There's something in our life that would be displeasing to God that if we stood face to face with him, uh, we would not be ready. Is there, is there a lost loved one? Is there a lost friend that you've yet to give a gospel witness to? And while we rejoice and we look forward to Christ's return as we should, is there somebody that we've yet to be a gospel witness to? Well, I would say if that's the case, then are we, ready, are we really ready to meet God? This is a serious question. This is a sobering question. This is a question many times we don't like to face. But as we get into a new year and we embark in a new chapter, <coughs> and we at the church are going to try and achieve new things, each and every one of us must be willing to have this question posed to us, and more importantly than that, must be willing to answer it honestly. Are we ready to be offered? Now, we know that the Apostle Paul, who penned these words by the, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we know he was ready. We know that as he was writing to Timothy, he not only was ready, he knew it was coming soon. And he had everything in order, and he was ready to meet his God. He was ready. He could answer that question. Tonight, I want to use that question, are you ready to be offered? And I want to ask us some questions to help us answer the question. A lot of times I like to do that. If there's a question, if I just ask enough questions, uh, I might could come up with a conclusion. I might could come up with an answer. Uh, but in that question, are you ready to be offered? Are you ready? If that trumpet were to sound tonight, are you ready? If, if your appointment with death was tonight, would you be ready? You know, we are reminded nobody's promised tomorrow. Nobody's promised tomorrow. Uh, and we ought to be live every day as if it's our last day. That's hard to do, isn't it? Because we get so distracted by the things of this world. I want to use tonight to help us in our relationship with God. If it's what it should be, we'll be able to answer this question to the affirmative. If we're lacking in some areas, I want us tonight on this first Sunday night of 2021, I want us to let the Holy Spirit of God do business with us as a church. In order to do that, do business with us as an individual and be willing to answer this question honestly. Are you ready to be offered? Let's let the Word of God pose the questions that will help us answer this sobering question tonight. Uh, let me ask number one, as we see in verse number seven, and we've looked several times at this verse. Paul, after making the statement that he's ready to be offered, knowing his time of departure is at hand, he then makes a statement, I have fought a good fight. So let me ask you this question, and let me ask this question of myself uh, in order to answer that question, are you ready to be offered? That question is this, have you fought a good fight? You know there's some things a child of God should fight for and should be willing to fight for. Uh, I'm thankful as an American, I'm thankful there are, there are generations of, of those who would fight for our nation. And, and quite frankly, we need more who will fight for our nation today. Uh, but you know, there's things that you ought to fight for. 
I still believe God's word is worth fighting over. And just because you don't think it's the word of God doesn't mean it's not the word of God. Uh, I'm willing to fight over this book. Uh, This book is not up for debate for me. This book is not up for for sale. Uh, I still believe we ought to fight over the word of God. Uh, I I don't like it, but I will separate over this book. Uh, I will will sever relationships over this book. Say, well, I think you should be more loving than that. Uh, It is love because I have a greater love for this than anything else. This is serious stuff to me. I think we ought to fight over it. And as the pastor of this church, I will fight over this book. I still think the local church that I'll be fought for. Uh, It's amazing to me how quickly Christians will turn their back on the very institution Christ died for. It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me that in the day, and I'm being very general, we have Christians who are more loyal to the YMCA than they are to God's church. They never miss their payment. They're more more loyal to to, to secular institutions than they are to God's church. I don't understand it. Uh, Let me tell you where my loyalty lies. My loyalty lies in a local church. And and I think there's things worth fighting for. I'll, I'll fight for the membership of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. As far as I'm concerned, this is family... And I'll fight for, for this church. I'll fight this whole world for this church. I think some things are worth fighting for. You know, I, I hope you want a pastor like that. But you should be a people like that, too. And it's good for us to be reminded. So if you're ready to meet God, I'd hate to face God as a preacher who changed where I stood about, the, about his book. Uh, I'd hate to face God as a preacher who I reversed my course, and instead of trying to convince people that this is the Word of God, convince them that they don't know they have the Word of God. You say, why they do that to justify their own sin? That's the bottom line. I, 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 I don't want to face God like that. There's some things worth fighting over. Do you realize that uh, we, our homes are still worth fighting over? I don't know about you, but if Somebody were to break into my house in the middle of the night. One of us is not making it. That's just all there is to it. And thanks to the men of this church, the percentages that they're not going to make it are much, much greater than they used to be. And, you know, my wife doesn't understand why i gotta, I got to have that rifle on the dining room table all the time. But you... you <laughs> You never know where it's coming from. I, that's, what I, that's what I always say. Because I think my family's worth fighting for. And if I'll fight somebody who, who tries to come in the middle of the night and hurt them, I'll fight somebody who wants to try and take their purity. I'll fight somebody, I don't care what their last name is, I'll fight somebody who wants to shake their faith. It's worth fighting over. When I face God, I want to face him having fought a good fight. I might not have won every battle, but I want to face God fighting for the things that God said I should have fought for. Don't waste your time fighting for things that aren't important to God. I know this is a big sports town and football and 
You know, I, I understand that. And sometimes certain shades of certain colors will get you in a fighting mood. I understand that. I don't think God's as, as concerned about that uh, as we are. Uh, but when I face God, I want to have fought for everything that I should have fought for. And as a Christian, I think we ought to answer that question tonight. Have you fought a good fight? There is spiritual warfare, as we know. We ought to battle sin. We ought to oppose sin. Every parent, every mother, every father, you ought to wake up in a mood to fight the devil for your family. You ought to go to bed in a mood to fight the devil for your family. Every Christian ought to understand that there's some things that are worth fighting for. Uh, Paul understood that. And one reason he can say, I'm ready to face God, I'm ready to meet God, is because he had fought the battles that he needed to fight. Hey, don't, sometimes we get weary in well-doing. Part of well-doing is fighting. Uh, now, I'm not talking about bickering. If you've got jealousy and unforgiveness in your heart, uh, that, that's, that's not in this category. Uh, it, you know, we, we ought to deal with those things separately. Uh, but answer that question, have you fought a good fight? Question number two is this, have you finished your course? Paul says, I've fought a good fight, I've finished my course. We, we've, we've looked at this many times in the past. We know that Paul was saved as a wicked man. Now, when you were, I was saved as a child, I was saved as a wicked child. Uh, sometimes we look at what other people were saved out of, and we say that's wicked, and what we were saved out of wasn't so wicked. Every sin is wicked. But Paul lived a life where he was a murderer. He was vile. And Christ saved him in spite of his sin, out of his sin. But from the day that he was saved, he was a changed man. And he finished his course. We would say this sometimes like this. He fulfilled the will of God for his life. He didn't quit. We look at somebody like the Apostle Paul and what a greatly used man. What an incredible Christian. What a man that was empowered by God like no other man. God used immensely. But he finished what God had for him to do. Let us not think, even in the greatness as a Christian, the Apostle Paul, let us not think he didn't have failures. Let us not think he never got discouraged. We touched on that. But he still never quit. He never gave up. He didn't always look like he was going to win. As a matter of fact, we know how his life ended. He ended in prison, and he was, he was executed at the hand of a wicked ruler. The world would say Paul lost. But God would say Paul won because he finished his course. You and I need to make sure that we're focused on finishing the task that God has for us. Every, every, every mother in here that is, that is still rearing your children, understand something. Nobody else can rear your children as you can rear them. The same is true of every father. Uh, don't, don't, sometimes you'd like to quit, or sometimes maybe you'd like to offer them, but you've got to understand uh, that, is your, that is something that God has given you to do. Every, every worker in the church, every Sunday school worker, every, every usher, every, every, every nursery worker, whatever God has given you to do, do it. Fulfill what God has for you to do. Have you finished your course? 
when Jesus comes, when that trumpet sounds, I want to be doing faithfully what he has put me on this earth to do. Faithfulness is something that's got to stay a priority in our life. I believe as a church, God gives churches tasks to do. I believe he gives the church, obviously, a work to do, and that's to preach Christ. I believe there are specific things and specific mediums that the God will give a church to do, and God wants to bless churches in a great, great way. That's not just a thing of the past. But we've got to be willing to be a people who are just going to say, I'm going to finish my course. If, if the trumpet sounds tonight, I want to be where I'm supposed to be. If the Lord tarries is coming and I live to be an old man or whenever it is that God says I, it's time to bring you home, I want to go home being faithful. I want to finish what God has for me to do. And then the older you get, let me just say, you may not be able to do everything you always did. That doesn't mean you're not finishing your course. You know, you may not be able to serve in ways that you used to serve, but you know what God enjoys? God enjoys that companionship. God enjoys that fellowship. Well, Pastor, I can't do what I used to do. Well, you got more time to read your Bible, don't you? You might do as often in the middle of it now, but that's a whole other story. You got more time to pray now, don't you? Uh, finish your course. Stay faithful. Question number three is this. If we're going to answer that question, are you ready to be offered? Are you ready to meet God? Uh, have you kept the faith? I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. We must be faithful to the word of God. We live in a day when many are changing their doctrine. The Emmanuel Baptist Church is not changing its doctrine. The Emmanuel Baptist Church is not changing this book. Uh, I don't, it's the height of arrogance for a man to say that they can interpret better what God has said than God God can interpret. Uh, we're not changing what we believe. We are the Emmanuel Baptist Church. We're not the Emmanuel Community Church of the Wildwood. Uh, we're, we're, we're the Emmanuel, I don't know where Wildwood came from. We'll sing Kumbaya in a minute. Uh, we're, the, we're the Emmanuel Baptist Church. Why? Because we're a Baptist church. We have Baptist doctrine. Uh, we're not Baptistic, we're Baptist. Uh, our Baptist forefathers died. They sacrificed their blood because they were Baptist and they would not give up those beliefs. And yet we have Baptists today who give them up just because somebody says something mean to them on Twitter. Uh, how little loyalty we have to the things that men have died for. I don't want to face God without having given up this book. Now, I'm thankful that my eternity is secure. I'm thankful that God is a patient God. He's a long-suffering God. And I'm thankful that uh, when this life is over, uh, it, our eternity is secure. But I want to face him having been faithful with the faith, with sal salvation by grace, uh, salvation for all who believe. I want to keep the faith. It's more important to me as your pastor, as a preacher of this gospel, for me to be loyal to this book, and if all men leave me, so be it. I want to keep the faith. Now, I want to take a lot of people with me, but it's more important that I stay loyal to this book. And by the way, it's just as important for you. It's just as important for you.
The day may come way off in the future when I'm not your pastor and there may be another man come up and, and teach something contrary to this book and you better know what you believe. You better be a little more loyal to your faith than to anything else. So if we're going to be ready to be offered, have we kept the faith? Uh, we need preachers in our world today to be preachers of no compromise. We need Christians today to be Christians of no compromise. Uh, what is the faith? Well, what does this book teach? Uh, I know it's 2021, but I still believe that holiness is part of the faith. It's part of this book. It's the way God's people ought to live is to be holy. You cannot be holy without being separate. It's, you know, it's amazing some of the Christians, the compromises they'll make in, in sacrificing their holiness, you think they're going to, they must think they're going to get an award, award in heaven for that. There's no compromise crown, folks. Uh, we have to keep the faith. When I face God, I want to face Him having kept the faith. We're going to be surprised. I think we'd be surprised uh, to find out what God puts a premium on in the, in the number of individuals who were a nobody here on this earth, but they faithfully stood and preached the gospel. They faithfully served their God. They would not compromise this book, no matter what changed around them. Uh, that pleases the heart of God. And if I'm going to, when I'm ready to be offered, if I'm going to be ready to be offered, if I, when I face my God, I want to be ready by having kept the faith. And then number four, we're going to answer this very serious and sobering question. Are you ready to be offered? Are you ready to meet God? The fourth question is this. Have you earned your crown? Verse 8. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. Paul, when he was ready to be offered, he knew that he had earned a crown. So he was boasting. How do you know that? Well, he did what God asked him to do, and that's how he earned the crown. I love the latter part of that verse. Paul says, shall give me at that day, and he says, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Unto all them that are ready to be offered. Unto all them that watch for his coming. Well, he could come today. That's not watching for his coming. Living today like he could come today is watching for his coming. Living today as if this is the day we're going to meet him is watching for his coming. See, I'm thankful that once saved, always saved, aren't you? I'm thankful that uh, once, once we put our faith in Christ, that that supernatural work takes place and our eternity is secure. I'm thankful for that. And everyone who puts their faith and trust in Christ, they have that conversion. They will spend an eternity in heaven. Well, what about those who didn't do much for God? If they trusted Christ as their Savior, they are saved, born again, on their way to heaven. It's not what they did, it's what Christ did. And it's the simple measure of faith. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful there's been those that I, I haven't even been here in town. I've passed them, and, and, and the Lord gave an opportunity to witness, and, and they've trusted Christ as their Savior, and I've never seen them again. But I will see them again. 
Well, how do you know they got baptized? How do you know they joined the church? How do you know the church? I don't. They, they may have never done those things, but all they had to do was put faith in Christ to be saved. Everybody who's ever trusted Christ goes to heaven. But not everybody gets a crown. Heaven's going to be wonderful. Heaven is wonderful. Heaven is beyond what you and I can even comprehend. Heaven's more than you and I deserve. Heaven's a place of perfection. It's, heaven's wonderful because of what is there. Heaven's wonderful because of what is not there. And for all of eternity, we'll serve our Savior. What a wonderful thought. I'm thankful that everybody who trusts Christ is going to heaven. But wouldn't you like to get a crown as well? Wouldn't you like to have an acknowledgement from your Savior of the service and the way you served Him for the simple pleasure of taking that crown and then placing it at His feet as an acknowledgement of why you did it. See, every fight you fight, mom and dad, is, yes, it's for your kids. Yes, it's for your family. But ultimately, it's for him. Every stand that a pastor, a preacher has to take, it's for the good of the church. It's, it's for the sake of the truth. But it's for him. Every day we turn our back on that which would be a stumbling block to us or a weight, so, some pleasure that in, its, in and itself is not necessarily a sin, but it just leaves us unprepared to meet our God. Every day that we turn our back on that and say, I want to keep my focus on being ready for Him, that is a day where we are earning a crown that one day we can acknowledge and say, those temporary pleasures... I did not partake in because, Lord, I wanted, to be more, I wanted to be more faithful to you. I wanted to serve you. I wanted to use my days for you. And everybody who is saved goes to heaven and praise the Lord for that. But don't we want a crown? Are you ready to be offered? Pastor, I've, I've wasted some years. I've wasted some time. You're still here, though. You can decide to be faithful now until the Lord calls you home. You can decide to be faithful now until that trumpet sounds. Are you ready to be offered? Well, there's things that I'd still like to do for the Lord. I want to finish my course. Uh, I, I don't want to say, well, I've done enough. I want to finish. I want to finish. I trust that you want to finish. Have you earned your crown? Have you been faithful? There are a lot of Christians throughout the years who have been faithful for a season. I thank God for faithfulness for a season. But there's just something about meeting God having been faithful. And when I translate from this world to the next, 
I don't want there to be any great change other than that supernatural event that takes place. What I mean by that is when I enter the other side and serve God for eternity, I want to leave this side serving God. I want to finish. I want to earn that crown. So it's a sobering question tonight. Are you ready to meet God? Have you been saved? If you haven't been saved, you're not ready. And only you know, you and God, let me encourage you to get ready. Because the signs of the times are everywhere. You better make sure your soul is secure. But Christian, if you're saved tonight, are you ready to meet him? Well, I, I, don't, I don't have these temporary things in order. Make sure you have the eternal ones. While you invest for your future on this side, make sure you're investing for your future on the other side. Be faithful. Finish. Are you ready to meet God? Is there something in your life that is keeping you from finishing your course? Using what much is what is going on politically? Have you ever scratched your head while, and wondered why politicians do some of the things they do? You ever wonder why when pallets of ballots show up, politicians are like, well, there's nothing to see here. It's a natural thing to ask the question, well, why aren't they fighting that fight? What is it that's keeping them from doing it? Am I the only one that ever asks these questions? Let's, 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 let's make it applicable for us. What is it that's keeping you from serving God the way you ought to serve God? What is keeping you from serving? What is keeping you from being faithful? Are you ready to meet him? But Well, well this is what I want to do. Is that really what you're going to sacrifice that crown for? Well, it's always been my dream. Can I just say, so what? So what? I've always dreamed of a Taco Bell buffet, and that hadn't come about yet. Some of y'all with means and connections, let's, get that, let's make that happen. How about we replace those dreams, and there may not be nothing wrong with saying, I'd like to accomplish, with, I'd like to finish my course. I dream of the day of entering His presence. And hearing him say, well done. You may not hear that on this side of eternity. But as I understand my Bible, if you'll fight a good fight, if you'll finish your course, if you'll keep the faith, if you finish, it matters little what applause you get on this side. It matters what the righteous judge determines the Lord. Are you ready to meet him? As we start this new year, as we embark on a great journey in 2021 as the Emmanuel Baptist Church, as you attempt to grow in your service for the Lord, in your life for the Lord, 
I think tonight would be a good night to take some spiritual inventory. And is there something hindering us? Uh, very simply, there are Christians, there are preachers that they don't fight the good fight like they should. And there's usually a reason why. Uh, there's some things that usually should not be in their own life. Uh, fight the good fight. Some things are worth fighting for. And, and I make the commitment to you again, I'll fight this world for you, but I'll fight you for you as well. We've got to fight the good fight. Keep the faith. You know, we've, we've failed as a country, as a nation, to remember the blood that has been shed for our freedom. Uh, do you realize for us to assemble tonight, men died? Do you realize when our founding fathers assembled and met, they did so with enemy cannons pointed at their front doors? That's our heritage. Men died so we can have this freedom. But we should not take it for granted. But you know the same is true, and I make that application because certainly we need to be reminded of that. But do you realize that men have died so that we can have this book? Do you realize that men watched their wives and children be murdered in front of them because they would not give up this book? And we can't find it from Monday through Saturday. Well, we need to be reminded of this faith that has been passed to us, handed to us, how important it is. And one day, I think probably sooner than we even realize, one day we are all going to be with the Lord. We are going to enter His presence, and the things that this world puts a premium on will matter little. And generally speaking, the things that majority of Christians put a priority on will matter little. What will matter is whether or not we were ready. Were we ready to meet him? Are you ready to be offered tonight? If he was to come tonight, what is it that you would have wished you had gotten right? Maybe tonight somebody needs to make a phone call and ask for forgiveness. Maybe tonight somebody needs to come down to the altar and grant forgiveness to another Christian in their own heart? Are there vows left unfulfilled? Are there promises that have been made that haven't been kept? Uh, let's, let's take a good look at this tonight. And if we're going to accomplish what we need to accomplish as a church and as Christians, we need to be honest with ourselves. Are we ready to be offered? If you can say, yes, I'm ready, then let's determine to be ready tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and let's fulfill what it is that God has for us. Father, use the message tonight.